0: what's going on family and friends welcome to random number 93 i'm ox that's luke over there and we're going to tell you all the latest and greatest that you should be watching that you should have watched at this point if you're not watching along with us for all these great shows that we're catching up on this week we watched uh Battlestar galactica season 2 16 through 20 so we're finishing up season 2 uh, alongside that we also watched the razor uh Mini episode season mini series uh video or it, movie. It was a,
1: it was a made for TV movie that they split okay. into two parts. Uh
0: and then for the best and worst of this week, we got Leon Leon the Professional and Kazam with Shaq back in the nineties. Um we also watched Attack of the Block this week and we'll be talking theatrically about us at the end, so you don't have to worry about spoilers until we get there. Um but other than that, do you, are there any news stories you want to hit me with or anything like that? No. no I guess I guess I'm we good. could also talk about uh, Deadly Class finale if you watched it.
1: Listen, you didn't put Deadly Class on the list. I forgot that's about fair. it.
0: That's fair. That falls on me. So we'll uh, catch up with the finale next week. Um,
1: that said... I bet you I could tell you what happens in that if episode. I can't.
0: It's pretty crazy. It's not. It, Is no, it? No, it's pretty much exactly like it happened in the volume two. <laughs> oh,
1: well, I don't even know if I read volume two.
0: So you have it, you just don't know if you've read it? Uh, yeah. You're,
1: I, I have volume one and two. I couldn't have ever read it, though. You're really what happens in volume two?
0: You're a bad comic fan. Fuckface. Fuckface happens in volume two.
1: I thought he was in volume one. He is. He he
0: steals Chico's body and then he uh, holds his head at ransom.
1: I remember that from the show.
0: But it also happened in the volume. Or, like, he steals the body, but at the end of volume two, it shows that he just had his head in the fridge.
1: Let me tell you something, okay? I read more comics than you, and I was on. For you, so go fuck yourself.
0: You can't, you can't prove that in the state of law. So I don't believe you. <laughs> well, whatever, man. We can't nowadays, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, So yeah, we'll talk that next week. Um, Other than that, we don't have any shows or anything to talk about, really. You want to talk yeah. about how awesome Attack of the Block was?
1: Yeah. Are you excited you finally watched that? Because I saw that shit when we lived together.
0: that movie was fucking awesome. Uh, I'm so glad it got the taste of bad aliens out of my mouth from last week.
1: What was last week that had bad aliens? Oh, yeah. That just happened. (laughs) I fucking forgot about that
0: already. It's fair. It's fair. And What's so funny about that is the alien creatures... Uh, basically have the same they show the same amount of design aspect I guess um, whereas Captain State's is fucking spiky pointed whatever hedgehog type things that like one gets ripped off its face and then can't breathe in the atmosphere or whatever so that's just dumb it's just a poor design and this was just like a woolly bear dog wolf thing that had glowing teeth was fucking awesome
1: <laughs> yeah, so i told you that last week that it's such a smart design that i can't believe someone's done it you like you hide the effect by making it dark yeah. so you know that's all you got to do you don't have to make it look good
0: yeah, and like it's it so smart. great because uh all the actors were seemingly afraid of the monster but they weren't backing down from it as well um so it showed that these things could be beaten uh relatively well i mean they did start out with the smallest one of the bunch that wasn't male. Um, but by kicking its ass, it brought a whole load of problems for them. Uh, I think it was just a, just a well done smart movie. Um, the creature design and that lending to why they were attacking like all of that. And then the showing them fighting these, um, I was expecting like this band of this neighborhood, like banding together where it was like, no, you're just following like a group of people that were in the mess of this whole situation. Uh, just trying to figure out what's going on and dealing with it as it comes. Also fucking Nick Frost was a complete surprise. And I was like, yeah, yeah, boy. (laughs) uh, This
1: is, this was Joe Cornish's first movie. Uh, he went on to do that fucking kid King Arthur movie this year. Uh, but he's good friends with Edgar Wright and like they when Wright was working on Ant-Man like Cornish was co-writing the script with That's him Awesome. Uh,
0: and, and you saw uh, this movie man. and like you'll see whatever he makes down right
1: well, I mean yeah that kid who would be king was fine yeah. had problems with it but like you, can you see how like I think I slightly talked about it in that episode like that whole school sequence with the kids coming together and like trying to fight off these demon mm-hmm. Skeleton things reminded me of the. Oh,
0: of yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was just an incredible movie, like from head to toe. And this is Boyega, This Was this Boyega's first role?
1: It was. And he's so fucking good he in that is movie. He's really
0: fucking good. Um, they give you little teasers along the way, like, is, like he gets scratched in the first couple minutes of the movie, and you think maybe that has something to do with it. And it doesn't really, but like the group gets split up, and like it's really great how. They defend themselves and try to figure it all out. Like it's just a really smart, put together movie. And if you haven't seen Attack the Block, I highly recommend it. Like this movie, fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. Plus, plus, eighty nine minutes long. That is the perfect fucking. That movie gets going, and it just moves yeah and i mean there's no
0: like lull time i mean it's it moves rather quickly Uh, also it's got the new doctor in it like that was a surprise uh when she popped in Mm -hmm. it's it's cool to see where these people that have gone from this because this is a decade old now right
1: yeah it's gotta be i think it was it's close i don't remember
0: living together i mean yeah that's a decade in the past
1: yeah, because I remember I ripped it. Yeah, I can't remember where I got a copy of it from though. But,
0: but yeah, high, highly recommended. Uh, I love the uh, effects on the creatures, like even to the point where their main feature are these glowing jaw teeth. Um, and when they kill it, they actually show it like dimming out, and then, like that was just such a surreal moment. Like because up to that point, I figured it was just glowing teeth like left behind all over the place, but like. Um, yeah, when they showed the teeth dimming after it died, like I was like, I was so in love with the whole design of all of them. Like this, the bird yeah, box, it's... and um, Be Quiet. Like these three different realms of making new creatures is just fucking fascinating. And like, uh, this is a decade old at this point. So, like, there's some cool shit out there that maybe you haven't heard of. And we're helping bring light to that shit and thank you luke for making me wow. watch this because it was fucking awesome
1: <laughs> yeah we basically we got lucky because i forgot to cancel my <laughs> stars subscription and so it was
0: on there yeah for real so um jumping from there uh let's do best and worst uh actually let's start with worst and what problems did you have with kazam
1: why would you think I'd have problems with this? Did you listen to those sweet raps that Shaq had?
0: Oh, my God. Uh, so, this... Uh, the movie's not... Hmm. I'm trying to be nice. It is bad. It is a bad, is a bad movie, shit. for sure. But it feels like somebody's, like, first movie out of the gate. And, like, they're just putting something together. Like, which is ridiculous, because... This is 25 years old at this point, but we just talked about Attack the Block, which was somebody's first out of the gate, and it was phenomenal. Um, Everybody had so much more slack in the 90s.
1: (laughs) Like, how that movie got made, I don't understand. Uh, But no, the thing that I wanted to talk about, which I don't know if you caught, maybe you did, maybe you're smarter than me and got on it quicker, but I spent that whole movie being like, who the fuck is that kid? Because the way he talks sounds <laughs> so familiar. Do you know who that kid is? Uh yeah, did you figure it out? Yeah, weevil from Rocket Mars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh goodness. Uh, I think one of the the kids that was beating him up was God, he's a known actor and I can't think of it. Like, but he uh now I can't. I can't grasp where he's from. But like, there were a couple of those characters that were like, "Oh yeah, they actually went on and did some stuff."
1: But yeah, yeah, because like the part where like, oh my god, he says he's like your mother, and I was like, "I know who the, <laughs> who the fuck is." That?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh Oh. <laughs> uh. What's so There's funny a- is like I just watched uh Shaq's hot ones he did. Uh, it was he was last week or the week before, and he's such a fan of the meme of himself that he just lays into it now. But looking back twenty years, like he thought he was the shit. Um, it's funny to see all his interviews nowadays, like because he actually is a DJ now. And in hindsight, this was probably what broke him into that scene. And like. <sighs> That wouldn't hold up nowadays, but wow, the 90s were something else.
1: Um, it's just like, I, I could not believe how much he was sweating during everything <laughs> in that movie.
0: Yeah, because I mean, this was probably mm, a good deal into his NBA career that I mean, he was an athlete, so he should have known how to be able to, to deal with that I mean, he, I mean, he was running around all the time. But, like, geez, he was just so sweaty the entire movie. I don't know if they were just misting him down just for the hell of it. But um, I
1: was just, like, he's, like, all dressed up and trying to eat pancakes with the mom. And I was, like, why is he sweating so
0: much? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, yeah, just a really uh, strange set of circumstances. And I remember watching this as like- a kid, and I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was fine. But, like, it's so glaring to the pacing set forth. That, and, like, all this takes place in a day. And, like, I figured there was more of them becoming friends. And that would make sense to how um, he freed him at the end, whatever. And then, like, when it happened in the movie, I was like, that's really sucky circumstances. Like, <laughs> the one thing you told oh him you couldn't God. do, and he did. And then that was the way to really, like, ugh.
1: And the whole time I was just like, "Why is this kid being so dumb? All he has to do is wish that he was free." And then Kazam has the power to do all the
0: things. he Yeah, was, absolutely. That's exactly what for. I was thinking too. Like, ah, what a what a what a nonsense character. Um, <laughs> but uh, and also like, how, like how is this movie for kids? Like,
1: it is really fucking dark. Yeah, his
0: like, dad's just <laughs> fucking black marketing tapes and shit. like that? Also,
1: fucking bootleg live performances are not a million dollar industry fuck that guy (laughs) oh
0: it's so good so good
1: um yeah and like like beating guys and then like they're threatening to murder his dad and there's this whole like criminal element and it's just i was like what is there's a part where like the bullies catch him and make them help them rob his father. I'm like, what is happening? No,
0: he gets to a uh, back or like he goes to a party that his dad's throwing. He's like, yeah, guess who's your son? And then he's like, guys, this is my son. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Not even that. <laughs> he's like, he's like,
1: Debrat, this is my son. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Son.
0: What? How? Oh, um. Another lacking, like the the one thing that was glaring to me was like set designs were so bland and just <laughs> none, oh, none. I thought
1: you were going how amazing because <laughs> the kid has a fucking underground BMX layer
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. But you go to his dad's like big wealthy business and it's like just barren wall. Like it feels like this futurescape everybody was hoping for in the nineties that like by today's standards was just
1: concrete and yeah
0: just long. not a great look at all um jesus <laughs> this movie is something and
1: then like it really bugged me at the end when like the guy who's engaged to his mom's a firefighter he just <laughs> quits fighting the
0: fire I was bringing that was the next point I was gonna bring I was like yeah, let's go have breakfast or whatever the fuck they did. And it's like, oh, you want me to come too? Well, fuck this huge fire that I have to put out. Whatever. Let's go have paintings. Whatever.
1: We're ridiculous. And you might be like, well, maybe it's okay. you're like, no, because I'm watching the scene and there's firefighters behind it. <laughs> more hose to go fight this
0: fire. <sighs> so ridiculous. So don't watch because they am. Ever, I can definitely see why it's on a bad list. Don't, Oof. don't what, do don't do
1: what I did and pay to watch Kazam because that hurt. <laughs> like, that?
0: I can imagine that did probably definitely hurt. Oh, what a!
1: And I, I was watching it last night, and I fell asleep, and then I woke <laughs> up like twenty minutes later, and I was like, "Do I need to rewind it?"
0: <laughs> mm. Oh, God. and I did. But- me too oh there's uh there's something um and then to see where his career went after this like he had a record deal um but like <laughs> the rap yeah what? he had a three record deal for like 10 million dollars back in the 90s Shaq ain't got
1: no flow like fucking that little kid has Oof, a better flow it was, it was
0: real hard to watch those rap scenes um whatever that one and I love that he's just not keeping a secret that he's uh, that he's genie and like yeah, all his lyrics are guess who's a genie this guy's a genie and like the evil villain guy is like "Mm, there's something special about that boombox I can tell it's like yeah every fucking buddy else can because he just announced to everybody he's a genie that lives in a lamp guess what that lamp's a (laughs) boombox and at no point like,
1: are, one, the raps are terrible, but there's these huge crowds of thousands (laughs) of people screaming, and it's just
0: Jack really
1: badly rapping about being a genie, and I'm like, I don't know what.
0: Uh, And also this little punk kid is just a real asshole, and no wonder why he doesn't have friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A little smart-ass piece of shit.
0: just, uh, Just, really, and like, to see this Man, I kind of really kind of want to watch Steel again. That's where Shaq was a superhero. Oh. I remember. Uh, Steel,
1: don't you worry, John Henry <laughs> As- <John Free> Iron.
0: <laughs> but like he had a video game. Like Shaq Fu was a thing. Shaq, no. Um,
1: yeah, Shaq was back in the day.
0: Just I don't, I don't understand how we had really low bar I in the nineties.
1: Well, I I don't like I don't understand the obsession with like in the '90s we were so obsessed with sports that like we made them into movie stars. <laughs> yeah. know, like I don't get this in like uh, the fucking cartoon one, Space yeah. Jam, and like what kid is just like I really like Looney Tunes, but also love the NBA. Re- Let's get back. I Jordan
0: remember like even nowadays, like Dennis Rodman is going over and talking to Kim Jong Un or ill whatever. Um and like the the best thing he ever did was he could catch rebounds off a of fucking basketball hoop like there's no reason he should be anywhere popular but it's ridiculous yeah and then we made him a fucking movie star too which one is he on <laughs> Double Dragon <laughs> double? double Team I think I don't know it's yeah something. just just real atrocious moves in the nineties um jumping from yeah. there and also there was a not- a long
1: point in the 90s <laughs> where I was confused I confused uh, Dennis Rodman and Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man <laughs> because
0: of this Demolition Man. that's wonderful that's that's <laughs> a real thing and I can definitely see why, how that would happen um, yeah because I was like oh that
1: movie was Sylvester Stallone and uh, <laughs> uh, Dennis Rodman that's true. <laughs>
0: That's great. Uh, Jumping from there to the best this week with Leon the Professional. Um, And how did you enjoy it?
1: Now, this (laughs) is a movie I have not seen in a long time. Also, same for me. I mean, I probably haven't seen it since I was like 16. You know, like when I was first like getting into Mm -hmm. movies and exploring shit around, you know. Uh, And I one weirdly, I remember it being more violent and action. Yeah. when I was a kid. Really ask. Uh, and two, wow, is this movie kind of really gross nowadays. Like, really, like,
0: uh, really, really gross. I think we're really underselling the gross element. Because... Probably are, because it is, it is so uncomfortable. For the entirety of the movie. Like, as soon as... Oh, man. I'd say a good fifth of the way in the movie. It just gets... Uncomfortable and just stays that way. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. Like,
1: like, I was kind of like, I was like, yeah, you know, like, it is weird that she's in love with him and whatever. I remember that.
0: And like, the scene where she comes out is like Marilyn Monroe <laughs> and singing I was like,
1: oh no. Oh, God.
0: Oh, it's just some really cringeworthy movies. And considering this is 25 years old, like, oof. Oof. And like,
1: the- Oh my god! Like the scene where like she's talking to that hotel clerk, and she's like, "He's not my dad. He's my..." I was like, "That motherfucker going uh, to jail."
0: There's no reasonable situation that that guy is not gonna have cops there when he goes back. (laughs) Plus,
1: and like when you look at it,
0: I always, I guess, like
1: you know, from when I saw it when I younger, and like I said, I haven't seen forever. I always thought it was a. like she was into him, but he had this paternal love towards yeah. her. But no, I think he wants to bone uh, her. Like I don't. I, mean I that felt per- that.
0: Anyway, until she gets into the wall, and he's like, "I love you too." I was like, "Nope." Now we've crossed the line, and we can't come back from it. And now it's too <laughs> weird. Um, it, it felt so weird because, like that whole as I'm watching it,
1: I felt like Sean Renault was playing it as like this real stunted adolescent, right? Yeah. Whatever he did in his time, he never grew up and he was young. But then when he's talking to her and he's like, you know, I love this girl. And we were 19 and we were going to be together. Full grown adult. Why are you stunted? Yeah. Like fucking, I don't, it's weird. I don't quite get um,
0: it. But
1: Gary Oldman's
0: fucking fantastic. Dude, Gary Oldman's the cream of the crop. Uh, I also love John Reno. Like he does a phenomenal job. Like, I was uh, just quick checking some things. And, like, it's really strange, too, that Natalie Portman was, was 12 years old. Like, you're not getting these kind of older actors. Like, she was playing the exact age she was showing. Um, and that, that's probably what made the whole thing a little bit more unnerving is because, like, uh, she he told her that she was too young. And she's like, no, nah, I'm 18. It's like he didn't have any reason to not believe her other than like common sense
1: that she looks like she common
0: sense that she's definitely way too young but like trains her out to shoot guns and shit like that and, and like that's all fun. like it's beautifully shot like the only gripe is that that uncomfortableness of her being that young like if she was 17 18 this would be a phenomenal movie. Um, it's it's really, really that uncomfortable factor. Like, I don't know if that makes the movie good or just I don't feel like watching it again for a long time again. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: something like it was just like like you said, it's well done. Like that was when like the song was like mm-hmm. content, right like that, and they did and so, like his movies were just like visually great. Even though, like, none of it makes sense. Like, how the fuck did he, like, get up off the door after they knocked once? And, like, what the fuck's he doing up there? And he's, like, teleporting around. Doesn't make any sense. But he does that to show, like, it's so great. Like, in a scene in the beginning when he goes after the first target and it's completely black shadowed behind him and he just slowly, like, Michael Myers comes mm-hmm. out of it, you know? It looks like a John
0: and even shot. the better part he is when he, when he goes away. And, like, you can see, like, there was nowhere for him to go, but, like, he just fucking faded into the shadows, literally, and, like, such a good scene, and, like, a lot of that stuff was just so surreal, and, like, in the moment, like, it's just great, but, like, I just can't get over how young that fucking Portman was in this movie.
1: (laughs) And, like, it doesn't help that, like, I would have to do a little bit of my, like, Gross guy digging to remember the
0: story, but like,
1: I don't think it was pedophilia. But like, Basson was accused of sexual misconduct, like quite yeah. a bit, like a few years ago. Ugh. And like that's,
0: yeah, it's one of those things where you're like,
1: oh my god, it's gonna be great next week too. <laughs> right, so. But but like, I'm noticing this trend with a lot of like these, at least on the best side so far. Like, these are movies that people about our age grew up yeah. on and loved. Right? Like you see why these are super rated because uh, whoever rated it might not have watched the off round. Like, fuck yeah I love that movie and eight point six. You know Yeah I've the...
0: yeah, I, I, I have a hard time feeling this would even be get, be getting a six stars on a ten star scale just with how uncomfortable it was.
1: Yeah it's it's interesting. And also um, I'm what cut did uh, you watch?
0: The Under,
1: just... Which was yeah. 212, right? Yeah, that's the cut I own on DVD, too.
0: So, Oldman and fucking Renault are phenomenal. Um, Renault does a lot of shit. He has these really quiet moments where he's just like contemplating shit and like you know exactly what's going on in his head because he's not, he's. I wouldn't necessarily say he's brilliant, but he very strategic about things and, like, kind of has luck on his side, whatever. Um, but, like, does the job that he goes out to do and just comes back unharmed for the most part. Um, and then Oldman, like, the cop that could get away with anything from the 90s was such a staple that yeah. he nailed. And, and like I just love the idea of when,
1: like when IA pulls him into the fucking thing, he's just like, you know what? Fuck you, I don't have time for this.
0: Bye. And I was like, Can you can't just leave an investigation. No 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 no. The other part, when he calls everybody, literally that's like when that <laughs> gift came or when that moment came, I was like, That's the funny gift. I remember now. Like everybody call you <laughs> kill this guy. <laughs>
1: And there's, like, hundreds of cops there. It's not even just, like, his few corrupt. It's every. And I
0: love that they set up barricades in the hallway to shoot an, uh, essentially an RPG at Leon's fucking door, but they don't use the Gatling gun they shot off the RPG from. Like, <laughs> nope. it's such ridiculousness. But awesome. Um, I think this was probably the first time you see uh, a... a, a Antagonists escape by using like the the good guys' clothes or whatever um, to kind of sneak his way uh, out. And also,
1: also the, uh, the TV edit of this had one of my favorite uh, dubs. <laughs> uh, when you, you know, you have the famous fucking Gary Oldman line of, uh, you know, I don't have time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit, and it's bull squash. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my friend used to yell
0: at each other all the time in high school. Oh, that is brilliant! Also, Natalie Portman's just running around with twenty grand, like fucking <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, how much drugs is her father skimming? And also, like, I get it was the nineties, but like five grand a head for a hit seems really low. Um, so like a professional. Hit I
0: guess you have to factor in inflation now, but I mean that's twenty five years ago. Fuck, that's five thousand. Probably a good deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, but also Leon's you know, just like cool. I don't need my money, but I, it's just, I milk all the time.
0: That's all he has to buy. So I mean, a hundred will cover that for a good, <laughs> cute, good couple months. <laughs> also, I remember all the points that I was intrigued by this when I saw it for the first time. Like he, like you have this serial killer just drinking milk like a badass, like. There's so many little touches that he has, and like he cares for this plant dearly, and like ah, there's just really brilliant stuff in this movie. Um, and there's that uncomfortable side. <laughs> yeah, pretty the uh, the point where he bought a dress for her, and then like she came out in it, and he's like, "That's great," and I was like, mm, "This is way too creepy." Fucking Chris Henson oh, is around the corner. Like he's gonna come in here. Guys, let's
1: knock this off. It's uh, fucking the part where she's all like, I want my first time to be smashed.
0: I was like, no, I'm going to jail for watching this. What are you guys doing? Knock this off. This is too weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Check it out. It is a well-made movie, but it's really uncomfortable. So...
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's a movie that could not be made today. For
0: sure. Like, this is on that list for sure. Um, Ugh, this is so creepy. So, let's jump from there and let's uh, talk some Battlestar Galactica, because we're now through... We're halfway through, um, and this fucking show is just fucking killing it. Every fucking episode. (laughs) I mean, There was some last week there were low points but it feels like everything was kind of, well i guess the first episode wasn't really necessary but listen black market will never
1: be necessary
0: listen but i'm glad like they paid off the few little points like they showed that where the dolly came from and I guess it was Kane's sister that she just left behind to die from Cylons. Um Little little touches like that, so I don't know. I Razor worked really well like tying up all those loose ends. That that yeah, didn't necessarily so be needed <laughs> needed to be loose ends, but it's such a brilliant piece to like this is such a dead end we never had it to go down. So when they came up with it and like just threw this in the middle of here. Like, it worked so well. Well, it worked, because
1: really, between, between those two episodes, uh, well, between and Captain's hand, where Lee takes control of the Pegasus to the end of the season, ain't much of Lee doing anything on the Pegasus. So this kind of shows when he first takes
0: command yeah. and
1: how he learns to lead. Like, that's why I felt like we needed to uh, watch it at this yeah, point. Yeah, for sure, that
0: makes sense. And also,
1: and also, there's no point in like going back and watching the Pegasus' backstory and Kane and all this. When we would have moved on from them for a full season by the time we got to yeah, yeah.
0: Um So let's go back. Episode 16 deals with um, basically terrorists uh, wanting to. They've been dealt some bad cards from this whole Cylon invasion. There's a widow. That's out for vengeance. She gets a group of people to essentially take hostages. And uh, Apollo is there with Dee. Billy's there with friends. They run into each other. And it's heartbreaking how much Billy gets crushed by this whole thing. Well, don't forget
1: that Billy just proposed to D in the scene before that, uh, before she runs off.
0: Yeah, and then the, like, I'm pretty sure it was the end of 15, like, Lee said they weren't going to be anything, Um, and then D is there working out with Billy, and, like, they're kissing each other and spooching, and, like, oh, they're going to be great together. And, like, at some point, I messaged how much I enjoyed D as a character, and, like, it's been the downfall of me because there's going to be something that happens, I'm pretty sure. And Lee or Luke just fucking antagonizes me with it. So, like, when this episode presented itself and, like, all the pieces were put into place, I was like, shit. This is the one D gets killed, isn't it? Fuck. Fucking fuck. And, like to get halfway through and then realize that the title of the episode is sacrifice. And then Billy's like squaring off with it. I was like, shit, Billy's going to die out of nowhere for no reason. Like, why are we doing this to me? Let's stop that. Um, I think it only just adds to how well they're building characters to like somebody that's kind of there all the time, but doesn't really necessarily have a big role mean something just because of what he meant to other characters
1: yeah cause I mean like honestly like Billy is not a loss in terms of character yeah. but his the effect of his loss on Roslyn mm-hmm. is what you feel
0: yeah and uh, you get some other moments like fucking Starbucks shooting Apollo in this shootout like I, Apollo mentions it once and then like kind of forgives her for it but like I don't know. Getting shot by your best friend, I'm sure wouldn't would hang in there for a long time. Um, I'm sure we're gonna see some of that oh, later um, because they kind of hinted at it with the uh, the last couple of episodes. But um, yeah, so you get the shootout. Uh, they don't deal with terrorists, and Adama pulls a sneaky card and gives them the body of the one that was shot and that sues them to get in there and control the situation. Um, But she has a manifesto and like, these are crazy people. You can't rationalize with them because then everybody get their way. Um, All while this goddamn warhead is looming in the, in the background somewhere. I figured they might have it. And like, they were going to be the people that trigger it. Um, But no, because it's the,
1: it's the, Gina, model of six, who has it, and she is working with the Cylon sympathizers, those um, that are suing for peace, and yeah. you know, I don't want to fight. So there's there's these splintering factions within the fleet as well of how we should deal with the Cylons, and you know, what I, you know, this the idea of is uh, just perpetuating this war machine, and we should sue for peace and live together.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. They're trying
1: to show multifaceted.
0: Uh, j- going from there uh, you get uh, an episode of basically the Pegasus of Garner is the new guy in charge he's an engineer and he's basically in charge of the Pegasus but he's an uh, engineer's mind where he's working with machines that are serve a purpose and they do this, this scheduled task and it's that's not how you run a battleship like that because there's things that motivate people differently than would a machine because a machine's just there to do one thing and you, you're not you're taking the human element out of it which is why he was having such a destructive reasoning with his logic and whatnot when he chases after these this crew that he's lost and he's found out that he's in this gunfight now uh,
1: in which is this really cool parallel because uh, humanity as a whole is reflected in that and mm-hmm. that they can't move on they can't move past that they're treating the Cylons like machines just like is treating people like machines but the Cylons have moved past that you know yeah. they have evolved to a, a human's ideal but you know we're still it, it's an interesting idea like it parallels how they're not able to deal with these new models of Cylons who have become something else that aren't machines Mm. and we're not
0: we shouldn't treat them that way Uh, but you get this really incredible scene where um, Apollo does assume command and does a fucking awesome job in the gunfight like he takes the Battlestar and fucking puts it on his belly so they don't get shot on on the vital parts that they can't save um, to get the FTL drive to spin up so they can get the fuck out of there and like there's these really great moments of him taking command, and like, this is where he needs to be, even though he doesn't feel like he wants to be there. Um, and I think this is where he starts and to also, slip back into where he finds himself necessary again. And
1: also, it it we had to get Lee in there mm-hmm. because we can't keep killing fucking the commanders of the Pegasus every week. <laughs> fucking <laughs> just
0: the, the third commander already. Like, you guys need to get your shit together. Come on here. Come on. Um, And then, uh, was that also the abortion issue?
1: Fuck, yes, it was. Because the
0: abortion issue...
1: And not even that, uh, which is fine. It's it's a very, you know, sloppy parable that they're telling there. But the way it moves the characters around, I think, is fucking pretty Oh, yeah. Um, Because, you know, like... It's the same as it is today. Like, if you were to outlaw abortion, that will not stop abortions. It will just criminalize it and make more criminals. Like, if a woman wants to get rid of it, she's going to get rid of it. Uh, But the idea of fucking, like, I have, like, this love for the maniacal fucking plan that Baltar has in this episode that I can't even describe it. Like, when he literally gets Rosalind, she comes to him. And, you know, he tells her, "If we continue on the current path of our death birth ratio, you know, the human race will be extinct in eighteen years." Which I don't buy. I think he's lying to her oh, yeah. because, like, there's you know, twenty year old people; they're not going to be dead in eighteen just in life expectancy. Uh, but then waits for her to go against the thing she's fought for all of her mm-hmm. life. Her political career, is, you know, she's been fighting for a woman's right. In his assessment to say you know we have to criminalize that we can't do this we need to stop and then as soon as she says that for him to come out and be like yeah but that goes against all the tenants and we should have freedom so i'm announcing my vice or my run for presidency it's Such so a sneaky
0: little bastard <laughs> so but also like this this abortion issue is so strong because you have the parent side of it you have the the faith side of it um also their species or humanity is dying off like you need to start reproducing but like all of that comes into play but at the end of the day it should be the the person's choice um and for them to criminalize it so that she but at the same point that makes it illegal for them to abort the Cylon baby so it's this this such a ridiculous game of chess that they're playing with everything on the board. Like, um, and then the silent baby is born, and it doesn't have Knight rider eyes that I really fucking woke for. And like, um, it's given to another family, and so nobody knows that it's alive except for probably two people, probably three. I guess Adama, Rosalind, and the doctor would know. Yeah, I imagine no one time. else um because uh gaius is under the belief that it's gone sharon has no more will to live and helo's really trying to hold on to her as, as well as he can even though she's suffered this great loss like the one purpose she's had over this last whatever how long however long it's been um but yeah from and then jumping from there to you see where Um, Number six and Sharon first downloaded after accomplishing these feats where uh, Sharon shot Adama and number six basically plotted the destruction of humankind um, and is killed on Earth on Caprica.
1: Here's where I have to start. When when the six first downloaded into the fucking goob at that episode, you get that three seconds. Baltar's face comes up. How hard to do?
0: I fucking before. paused the show because my brain exploded inside my head. I now know. Do I time. don't know what the fuck is going on with those two.
1: Because, like, they play that so well in that first scene where, like, uh they fucking, uh, you know,
0: before he he says, you know, no one else can oh, see. You know, like, hold, on, like, hold on, hold on, they, hold on, hold on. Let's back up, let's back up. Let's talk about Razor before we get into this shit. Um, because Razor was a really great episode because it shows, uh, Apollo's command. Um, this character that was on the Pegasus that King had trusted. Um, it shows, uh, Apollo making these really smart moves, um, for his command, um, that he's seen other people like kind of piss off into the wind. Um, but it also delivers uh, delivers us this uh really crazy scenario where a Ad- or uh, Adama w- when he was younger came across um in this hybrid that they were trying to come up with before they had made the twelve models. I suppose I don't know that 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 part of it is so weird as shit. Um, But when they're on the ship and getting shot up by these couple that have been left behind, and I believe Apollo orders Starbuck to stay back and detonate it, doesn't he?
1: Yes, he does. He's like, Starbuck, it's time for you to fucking sacrifice yourself. I need my XO back, not you.
0: Oh my God, it was so ridiculous. Like, you feel the weight of his decisions he has to make. Like, even though starbuck would make an excellent xo like whatever like why sacrifice because she's already shot but like for the xo to make that sacrifice and then to come across that hybrid fucking spouting lies like i fucking hate cylons and how much that they're effective like with their bullshit like i can't trust them it's that fucking parable where it's like two brothers are lying, which one do you believe in? you like, you can't trust either of them, because fuck them. And it's like, that's what a Cylon is. <laughs> well, I'll well, say, if
1: anything, you can't trust the hybrids, because there are these like weird religious zealots who aren't quite completely human. You know, like, it was yeah. this failed evolutionary snap, creating the 12 models. And, yeah. But they're, they're like, <sighs> I think they explained it. I think Sharon, when she's talking about, like, they're like tapped into the cosmos in this kind of weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like, think of them as like the precursor to Leoban, how he sees things in the cosmos and thinks yeah. he's connected to God. And, but if anything, they're a defective Leoban yeah. model. You no, know?
0: <sighs> It's fucking crazy, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure that hybrid has broken me way more than uh, I should have allowed it to. Um, I feel like it's going to have repercussions in, in season three and I'm sure we're gonna hit on that once we get to it, if we get to it. But I think that Starbucks is that main point.
1: This wasn't in like Razor wasn't in. It was between season three and four. It wasn't a part of season three. So it was just like they went back and told the story in between. I think so. so It kind
0: of seems like they were just kind of. Teasing what might could possibly be in season four. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I'll
1: I'll put it. Yeah, and
0: really, like, there's nothing. There's
1: not that. Like I said, I watched it before I let you watch it Mm -hmm. to make sure.
0: There's yeah, yeah, no. Like Like it, it fits perfectly between episode uh, sixteen or seventeen and eighteen. So, um, so then we get into the Cylons, and like these two are living differently than the other all the other Cylons are living and like, I want to say number six and Gaius have a relationship similar to uh, Ford and Rachel from like replicas that like they're the two of their kind. Uh, but I mean, we've seen other sixes and they don't respond to Gaius this way. So it's like, it's a really interesting dynamic to have this one six that's not like the other sixes. Um, and then they realize that. They come to grips with, they are these heroes, that they ho- have more weight in this community of everybody is the same um, because of the shit that they've done and pulled off for their kind. Um, just, yeah, and you, you come into play later.
1: Episode, but you know the Cavil
0: talks about how like
1: you know the war heroes the six and the eight changed our minds and that's why we are leaving commander like, which like see actually fucking,
0: how which I up? think was a fucking lie after that son of a, like after I was uh, so pissed off at that guy for telling the truth for the fucking first half of that episode like I fucking hate Cylons how brilliant they are as fucking characters it's bullshit it's goddamn bullshit. Uh, as soon as that father poked his head out on the fucking old Caprica, I was like, god damn it. <laughs> when he fucking said he wasn't at the meeting, I thought it was a joke and he was literally taking the goddamn truth. I mean, he was just joking around, but like fucking A. And the chief has his fucking problems with Dealing with a nightmare scenario that he keeps fucking wanting to kill himself in, but like Cylon talks him off the edge uh, after he beats the shit out of Kali. Um, oh, fucking poor Kali. Kali <laughs> can't catch a break. She can catch a lot of things. And the fact that <laughs> like... Well, I guess you can catch a broken Once,
1: <laughs> Once you realize once we see them in New Caprica that her and Chief are together, and she's pregnant with this fucking kid. You're like, oh, no. She went down the wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Callie as a character is really interesting, too, because, like, she... I feel like she's genuinely in love with Chief. Um, and that's why she shoots Sharon and whatnot and wants to wake him up from this nightmare he's having. But, like, she... When she forgives Chief right off the bat and like has a higher moral comfort moral ground than i believe anybody we've seen in the show so far and then two episodes later she's knocked up with chief's kid like it feels like i don't know it i hope we see her character a little bit more but also i don't really need it um because i like her being in the background like billy was like coming in at like important parts like that so and also like how fucking bad like I feel there's some uh, narrative
1: disconnect once we get from episode 18 into 19 cause like things start moving really fast like you know, we all we have the, the, the plan to go back to Caprica and get everyone and fucking Chief's growing a beard and he's fucking in his underwear on the fucking <laughs> neck just having these nightmares and you're like we, we jumped over
0: stuff, yeah, okay. it feels like they put together those two episodes and, like, kind of trimmed every last bit that they possibly could, and a lot of that was narrative stuff. Um, Which is
1: fine, because those last two up, ep- like...
0: Yeah, they're just <sighs> booking. That, uh, that even that the point. last episode, I don't know about the episode 19, but 20 was an hour and seven minutes, I believe. Yeah, it is a little longer,
1: but... It's
0: worth it because goddamn, is that a spectacular fucking a man? Like, uh, I got chills just thinking about that goddamn last couple minutes, and like, this show well, would have killed me like, to watch. No. Day- or episode or like episode to episode.
1: Yeah, it was rough, but like, even go back to like twenty minutes before that finale when like you get the fucking ball tar puts his head down and lifts it back up, and we chumped a yeah. year. What that is not fucking around in
0: terms of your narrative
1: that's just like we're we're we have to set up a new status quo we're just doing it in one
0: shot yeah it's just insanity um I love that they settled in like they don't have to deal with silence anymore and they've kind of decided to make this new earth work for them and like I mean because they were kind of forced by the president but um (laughs) to see Adam was like I'm not fucking getting off this ship you guys go fuck around down there. That's not for me. <laughs> and Apollo's like, and I'm Apollo's not... just riding behind him. He's like, Whatever, I ain't going down there. Fuck them. So And like
1: you see, like uh the how they tell this that, you know, they are rusty and they haven't done anything is Adama grows a beard and Apollo gets fat.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. And um, <laughs> Hilo man, is wow. like uh, I guess we got everybody alerted. Uh, we got stage one on the ship. He's like, well, good. Now set your fucking clocks to jump because we got to get the fucking out of this bitch. Uh, so good.
1: Oh, man. There's nothing funnier
0: than me inside Apollo. Apollo's fine. I like him a little bit chubbier and just settled settled into his...
1: I <laughs> think that he might even have worse fat nightclub in the
0: next season. Cause like he's got jowls. Oh man. it's beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we are at the end of season two. Uh, I'm pretty fucking. Oh, well no, we have at the end of season two
1: guys, Baltar surrenders to the side. Yeah.
0: And so I guess we get to see what that, what becomes of that. Um, because the, a lot of the fucking man. people are down on the ground yet. Um, the Adamas take off in the ships, and I think they only have Hilo, is, or I guess Hilo and D, are about the only characters that are around. Um,
1: yeah, because you got oh well, one. Let's just fucking we have Starbuck down there ruin her life, attaching to fucking that piece of shit Anders. You got uh, Ty and Ellen just went back down to the surface. Uh,
0: Chief and Kylie. Chief. Chief is running the goddamn fucking labor union, and oh, and fucking Roslyn's a teacher, which... and the baby is the close by.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Gada is basically Gaius's Billy, and also, so, yeah. and also,
0: I'm fucking Gaius I just has a whole harem of people on his presidential <laughs> liner. Oh, uh, it's ridiculous. Well, you know, fucking.
1: You can't trust Baltar with any oh, power. Oh,
0: absolutely not. So, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see where we go from here. I'm excited. There was that
1: uh, <laughs> when, like, you and Kurt were talking on Twitter about it a couple, know, last week, sometime, and I came in and was talking about this arc that I was really excited for. That that's that's the beginning of season three. The new Cap arc yeah. is so
0: brilliant. Fuck yeah, I'm excited. So, uh, get plus, caught up on that. Plus, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> it, uh, it has what I think might be the coolest moment in the series in those first four episodes
0: oh shit yeah <laughs> I trust you, you'll fucking know it when you see it nice is it a fucking uh, polar bear in the, all fours <laughs> yeah <and they're> <laughs> right towards, fucking like, dog right <laughs> oh that'd be brilliant okay so, the uh, first five episodes of season three for next week? Yes. Is that what we're doing? Which gets us. Okay. Yep, it is. And it gets us through the whole new cabinet. Nice. So. Fuck yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about us. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, you're ridiculous. And I don't know why you haven't, because you got to get out and see this in theaters right now. Um, Full on oh, spoilers. Well,
1: giant 70 million dollar yeah. opening
0: which is incredible incredible for Jordan Peele I'm glad like his shit is getting uh this notoriety um for are you you're the one running your mouth saying how much you hate him listen I hate him because he gets in my mind a lot more than I allow anybody else he he does this great thing where it's called great storytelling and it's like god damn it way to go Because fucking A. There's so much to unpack from this goddamn movie. Well, it's interesting, because I think
1: in terms of, like, comparatively to Get Out, Get Out was, like, razor-focused in what it was telling in its story about race. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, I think, is much more nebulous. I think there is no underlying thesis, but I think there's a ton of little things he's talking about, and whatever you grab onto you might see. Yeah. Like I I can see, you know, a dozen different ways to read this movie and I don't think any of them are wrong. Mm-hmm. It's what man, he's just saying a lot. But
0: uh It was really interesting. I watched the uh one of the interviews that he did like right after one of the premieres this weekend. And uh he was with uh Winston Duke and uh yeah. The lead, yeah. I can't, yeah. Uh, and they were discussing, I, I think it was like a half hour chat. Um, and like the the interviewer started off as like, I'm so glad you're doing these black fo- focused movies. And Jordan Peele was like, full stop. I did that movie. It was Get Out. This isn't that movie. And like, it's it shows the brilliance that it, it feels like he's trying to do what Quentin Tarantino does where like he's made a certain movie that he wants to tell that that narrative and like he's going on but like he's picking the right people to do this like um and like he was talking about how this he wanted to focus on this duality and like uh man this movie is so fucking great um also if you saw my tweet this weekend um, Luke, knew, Luke, Luke knows this already, but like, before I saw the movie, uh, I went to work out and this kid comes into the fucking locker room to check in on his locker and is just whistling fucking itsy bitsy spider. And for some reason I remembered that because it was just ridiculous and creepy. And if you see this movie, you know why that creeped out even more like, so as soon as that happens in the movie, I'm like fucking, I'm all in. Like, <laughs> take me where you need to, me to go, universe, because fucked up. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's. I love the way that he goes, uh, just does the flashbacks and shows that part of the story, um, coming full forward. And like Lupita does an amazing job in this movie, like doing both sides of this role, like I. If she goes insane after this movie, I completely understand why because that'd be a hard hard trick for any actor to play.
1: Yeah, no, like she's really good. I think everyone is like full stop, everyone. Even like their friends, family. Anyone who plays double duty in this movie, I think does a great job of playing the duality between both mm-hmm. roles. Absolutely. Um
0: <laughs> I think Two.
1: Fucking Winston Duke is goddamn hilarious dude, in this movie.
0: Mbaku is great in this movie, like both sides too. Like when they're on the boat, just fighting each other, like just ridiculous. So good. Um, just the power the the evil side had um, compared to the, the dude that just didn't want a confrontation, but I guess he has to because he's there to protect his family. Like. Uh, the five on it song, like the buying the boat situation, like uh, it's so good. This movie is brilliant.
1: Yeah, there's, um, it's weird. Uh, It's a movie that I didn't love when I walked out of it, but the more I think about, like I really can't wait to see yeah. it again because like the more I think about it. that's cause I'm I sat so there excited
0: the... that we did the recording this tonight because I'm definitely going tomorrow to see it again.
1: Because yeah. I was just like, I couldn't quite grasp, like, what he wanted to tell. And, like, I was, like, so it didn't quite cohere as much as that did. But the more I think about it and talk about it with people, you know, I'm I'm getting into it more. uh, But I think that middle section is, like, grade A perfection.
0: War movie perfection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, man. When he – when the – I think they call her Red – um, the evil Lupita comes in and, and like basically tells the counterparts to go off and to the other their to chase after their other sides. Um, and she's just staring at her in the living room. Like it's such an intense scene. And then when he, the boy tricks him in the closet and like, is like, ah, oh, there's such little things in this movie that make it so great. Like, um, the face looking back in the mirror. Uh, God damn it. Um, this duality and like the twist of the end, like you, hmm, I feel like you kind of can guess it along the way, well, but once it hits, it well, just doesn't, thing, like... you can't grasp onto it. The, the weird thing
1: is, is one, if you
0: think about it,
1: any movie with some sort of bodies match or body double always involves a uh, switch. Yes. It's always done. Uh, the thing was like when I was watching the film, uh, you know, like there's the scene where the, the, the tethered daughter uh, is on top of the car and they crash her into the trees and stuff, you know, and Lupita goes to check on her and then she's trying to like get the, the tethered son on the boardwalk to calm down. I was like, "Oh, they, they switched in the house. This is actually the the red character. Uh, she just switched there, and this is her saying goodbye to her children, which in essence is what mm-hmm. happened. But the switch happened much, much before yeah. that.
0: Oh my god! Like, uh, it's also really cool to see uh, how the boys interact with each other, like um, realizing they're kind of mirror images of each other, um, and him walking him into the fire, like." Uh, also, I really hate how the movie opens um, as kind of this uh, misdirect with the thousand of tunnels underground, whatever bullshit.
1: There's no, what's, how's that a misdirect? That literally happens. In um, movie.
0: I feel like you're waiting for that to be a bigger part of the story, um, but it kind of just doesn't play any. It really anything except, like, these are where they've hidden these duplicates that the government made or whatever. Well,
1: sure. So, it's a huge part of, like, the let's see, how do you want to say it? You can look at it as um, I don't want to put it the idea of, if you read the movie as a class film, you know, it's the, the lower class separated from the higher okay. class, literally put it into tunnels put it underground. Okay. Um, you can you can also read into it as the idea of the underground railroad, right? These are the these people who have been oppressed, are using the tunnels underground to come back up and get free.
0: See, oh, see. There's so many ways to read this movie, and I love it. I love it all. There is because um, at first I read it first and foremost.
1: I I saw it definitely as a class film. Uh, these people who are marginalized, and you know the idea of when Red's confronting her in the room and tells her the, the story of their divergent lives, you know, and like, it's the idea of I should have what you have, but you take it for granted and I have shit and can't do anything about it. It's this idea of holding the lower class down and not giving them the same options that you are afforded. And even when you do have better ideas and options and things to you, you take them for granted and don't hold on to them the way you should.
0: Which is insane when you get to that twist and like you realize this this kid did have those and never really took advantage of them. But like um, the way I read the movie was this nature versus nurture uh, decision, um, and like how Red was basically raised and uh, it's so great how she came to be, um, came into her own and like this whole idea that we've we've flirted with, with the Blade Runner movies and like the end of, um, ready player one where we don't know what, what the guy is kind of programmed as, um, this idea of something, having a soul and like these blanks or, um, I forget what they call them, but, um, they don't have a soul because they're tethered to this other body. Um, but it's shown that they can find one. Um, but yeah, and like how she loses, how Red loses hers, and but like fights back, like fucking this movie, man, so good.
1: Yeah, so I think, like I said, I, I, I saw a lot of class warfare mm-hmm. in it. Um, I also saw it a lot of as literally the, it's like, um, a very, very not hidden indictment of uh, uh, America as itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I think a very telling thing is, um, the boardwalk scene, uh, at the beginning, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it, it's the, she gets into the hall of mirrors, right? right? It's, uh, excuse me. It's a, uh, uh, vision, vision quest. She's got the stereotypical Indian on the front mm-hmm. of it. And, uh, when her son walks up to it, it's the same thing in the present, but they've replaced the Indian with just this Merlin. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's magic. But still, Vision Quest, it's the idea that all the horrors and atrocities that we've committed as a country, we just glossed it over, even though nothing's really changed on the inside.
0: So good. You know,
1: on the inside, there are still a tethered, held underground, uh, who were, as far as I can tell, made by the mm-hmm. government. So it's like the horrors that also, and, the
0: whole bunny thing, the whole bunny thing though. just fucking, uh, it still makes me squirm. Especially when she's and describing that, it, like, that's all they ate. <laughs> and definitely, there's
1: that scene when they first come into the house, you know, she's like, What are you people? And Red responds, You know, we're Americans. It's the idea of like, this, the other, the thing that your family should be scared of, isn't yeah. something out there. It's what's in yeah here already now it's us you know plus the title right Mm -hmm. us to make the the capital it's u.s like i think he's very brilliant attacking i didn't
0: even think of that fuck
1: yeah i I think he's very much like this is a very much a an indictment against american society and history and what we do it
0: was great too because that's kind of how he started off his uh interview was like if there's an us, there has to be a them and we always have to be thinking of these two people on the sides of a thing and like ah, that makes so much more sense with ah god it. This movie's so great.
1: Yeah, it's really good. And like I said, that middle part's just brilliant. Uh the it's just so much one, I think I know I complained about on Get Out, I felt some of the humor didn't quite fit in, but I think it fits perfectly in in this. Oh, movie. absolutely! I uh, I think he's in the last play perfect.
0: I have a hard time feeling oh. like this is going to be knocked down on my list. I feel like this is going to be a very high contender by the end of the year.
1: And like, there's like, I watch it and I'm just like, God damn it, Elizabeth Moss needs to get off The Handmaid's Tale <laughs> and just do something. And, like she's so good in like the two scenes that yeah. she's in.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: like, uh, like you know, the scene where like they're on the beach and you see her talking,, uh, you know, she had a little work done, right? a little a little touch up on her face. <laughs> and then when you see her do uh, her double come in, and she starts giving herself her own surgery with the scissors and she's smiling in the mirror. It's just so good. I didn't even catch that. That's
0: fucking great. Damn it. So good.
1: Oh my god! And I almost died laughing when, like, when she's like dying on the floor, reaching for the double no. of her husband, and he just does the fucking like hand to <laughs> the... Air, like, oh, god,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. So get out here and watch that fucking movie for sure. So then, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do we got coming up this next week? Then.
1: Well, some things that you're going to be excited for, and some that you're not.
0: Fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, so uh,
1: theatrically, we we get Dumbo. Uh, you know, I, get, I know. I haven't liked a Tim Burton movie forever, so um, but we got that. Uh, we got five episodes. F yeah. Uh, the weirdly enough, like I think the tables are turned for the best and worst this year or <laughs> for this week. Uh, what's that? Uh, for best, we have uh, Usual Suspects, Ooh. which is a movie that, yeah, but after everything that's come out about Brian Singer and Kevin mm. Spacey, now to watch a movie with both of them, we'll see how that
0: sets. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Uh, and, but here's the exciting news for you, my friend. Uh, the worst this movie this movie is called Race 3, and it is a Bollywood film.
0: Huh? Interesting. I'm super on board for that. God, I hope Uh, it's exactly. I can only. um,
1: I I can only assume it is a uh, Indian version of the Fast
0: and the Furious. (laughs) I'm even more on board right now. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah so fantastic so uh, and it's on the ride, so we're all locked and loaded for that guy nice uh yeah i own usual usual subs, uh, suspects to you yep yep i got it so cool cool so we're all set
1: again yeah, i feel like the best they're just all these movies that like people our age loved when they were like 16 17 that makes a lot of
0: sense totally makes sense like i
1: can only i can only wait fucking Fight Club and 7 and every other movie that came out in 1999
0: <laughs> that people fucking saw uh, it'll be an interesting ride for sure so uh, watch all that stuff and come back for us next week uh, I hope you enjoyed us and I'm sure we'll be talking about it some more this year because it's fucking brilliant
1: yeah I assume it'll be like Spider-Verse where we're gonna have like a couple episodes that just it keeps coming up so, so. girls also you want a spoiler for
0: like two weeks
1: out uh yes shazam is fucking dope
0: dude nice i'm super excited that's all i've seen is like everybody go check out shazam because it's awesome and they do it right so and like i i didn't hate water or, uh aquaman uh, so like dc's all right but i think you know these characters a lot more than i do so you have a little bit more going into them so
1: True, I do. You're, you're, you I don't read DC horseshit.
0: Listen, it's not that I don't. It's just that I don't, I got some bad things to do with my time. <laughs> Missing out, man. <laughs> So we'll get all that cut up with you and we'll talk to you next week for random number 94. Peace, pineapple, and all that good stuff.